0: This is a self-assessment of development, self-assessment of development in Sanju. We've come through many, many hours of teaching, each phase, and we wrapped up on Friday very really powerfully with this. When Now, please don't read it. Please, I'll tell you when. Please, I know it's dangerous giving people notes because you get distracted. You know. refer, to, refer to it when I highlight it. The Bible says this, let each man examine himself, whether he be in the in the faith. So self-examination is an ongoing spiritual exercise. Always check yourself to see where you are in the faith. And so this is a self-assessment based on the various characteristics of sonship. On your right-hand column, you've got a tick column and a cross column. The tick column is if you feel in that criteria, you've attained it. And always put a cross, you put a tick if you feel that you've covered ground there. Put a cross if you feel, there's something I need to work on, here's something that's, that, that's, that's negative, that, that that's I need to sort of amplify and work on in my, in my life. I will email you this so that um, it would be nice for you and your spouse to do it like every six months or once a year maybe, see how we've gone, how, how are we, how are we progressing in terms of our own maturity in Christ. Okay. Now, point, let's loot Nepios. And what I want you to do is just uh, don't now pray about point one. <laughs> it's only time to pray about it. I'm asking you your, most, your, most, your first response. What is the first thing that hits your mind right now as we discuss them? Just, it might be wrong, it might be right, but just your, your present immediate assessment, where are you? Right? So the Nepios son, let's look at that quickly. Usually self-absorbed, making sounds, of selfish whining concerning his own provision and protection, right? If you are still complaintful about the fact of your own provision that God is still protect you, um, then you put a cross, right? But if you if you fine with that, if you've gotten over that, you can put a tick, right? Secondly, he is easily influenced by circumstances, teachings, and schemes of men. If you are prone and you are still circumstantial, your trial gets to you and then you're depressed for the next day. Or a false teaching gets to you and it, it sways you, then respond accordingly. I'm going to go so you need to you need to think fast and assess yourself very quickly. All right, please do, do it seriously, although we're doing it a bit fast, right? Number three is given to jealousy, quarreling, divisions, boasting. And is thus carnal or still of the flesh. If you have still traces of jealousy, if there's still quarreling, uh, fighting in your life, and uh, arguments and all of that, and um, you, you, you're prone to boasting, then you'll probably give yourself a cross. But if you overcome that, give yourself a tick, okay? Number four, you're, pro- you're prone to seek excellence in spiritual gifts or ministry without excelling first in love. That simply means, you want to do what God has graced you. You have a gift, you have a a, a spiritual propensity, you have a calling, and you're prone to giving excellence to that, but yet you have not learned how to love everybody equally. Right? You've still not learned how to love everybody equally. Now please, I'm just doing a summary here. Each point here, there's about 15 to 20 minutes of explanation on, on the CDs, which you can get later. I'm just giving you the bare essentials. Number five, is only able to assimilate the milk and not the meat of the word. Are you able to handle lofty concepts, revelation from apostles and prophets? And not just, listen carefully, I'm not just talking about your ability to understand it revelatory. I'm talking about your capacity to live it out, right? to practice it. Okay, tick cross. You know what a good exercise will be? To see whether your wife agrees with you or your husband agrees with you. Later, not now. I don't want no fights in the church. Here. <laughs> okay, later. But I think it'll be a good exercise for a husband and wife to do this together. Say, okay, you can take another copy. There's many copies here. What you must do, do it independently, and then let your husband or wife moderate your work. Right? They will be the, the second. We call this moderation in school terms. Somebody comes to check what you've done. Um, Untrained, point six. Unskilled and inexperienced in the word of righteousness. Two things you must bear. Do you love your word? And are you trained? Are you skilled in the word? Can you navigate your way around? But more importantly, it's not just the word. It's the word of righteousness. Is your inquiry into the word, has it now expressed itself in righteous behavior? Yes or no? Quickly. right? Yes or no? Eighthly, Sorry, seventhly. Have undeveloped spiritual faculties of discernment between good and evil. In other words, you can't discern right from wrong. Your, your level of discernment needs tweaking. Sometimes you are fooled. You judge something inaccurately. You thought the guy was fine, but he had another agenda. You didn't see it. You couldn't discern the spirit by which he, he functioned. Yes or no? Number nine, the need is in need, it's number eight, sorry, has an inheritance only positionally, but due to immaturity, has not appropriated this reality subjectively, personally, practically, and experientially. In other words, you know about your inheritance. They, yes, I have inheritance. I'm a firstborn son. We just sung it. I'm a son of purpose. I have an inheritance. We know that, but you've got no evidence of your life in it. You know it positionally, but you're not experiencing it practically, not stewarding your inheritance, yes or no. Number nine is in need of fathering to unveil the mature measure of the stature of Christ within him. Is in need of fathering to unveil the mature measure of the stature of Christ, right? Number 10 is in desperate need of tutors, number nine and ten are almost similar, in desperate need of tutors and guardians to agree with the spirit, and to unveil his or her maturity. You need like a person like me, a spiritual father, that can speak to you the word. You know why? Listen carefully. I present a view to you that you cannot see about you. You have a perception about your rightness or wrongness, but like I said, a father comes from an elevated position, can literally see where the son is, and present the view to him. So to unveil your maturity where you are. Okay. Three questions always follow, two or three sometimes, each of the stages of sonship. In this nepios stage, remember nepios is the immature infant son. The questions are, are you committed to putting away three things? Number one, childish talk, childish thinking, reasoning and behavior, four things rather. right? Is your speech depictive of an immature ch- child? Is your talk, and especially your thinking, your your thinking and your, the way you reason things and your behavior. Are you still childish? And remember, listen carefully, what does Paul say? When I was a man, I spoke like a man, I thought like a man, I reasoned like a man. But when, this is not off your head, this is reasoning. Eh? When you, and he says, I reasoned like a man. And he says, but when I became a man, I did what to childish things, I, I put away. And I'm asking you, how is the putting away process in your life? How is the deliberate setting? You see, you've got to deliberately set aside the talk, the thought, and the reason that is infantile. How is that process working for you? Okay? Are you practically submitted to spiritual fathering in an active and consistent manner? Sam Saloon says this, and you'll hear it on the tape on his website. He said, what the Nepia son needs more than ever is the voice of a spiritual father to speak into his life. So, do you recognize that need but are you practically submitted for example if you if i'm your father in the lord to everything i say now be serious be honest thirdly are you serious about accessing your full inheritance in christ amen now that's a very serious question how serious and desperate are you and you know only desperate people will take desperate measures out of sheer desperation to get ahead. I'm asking you how serious are you? How desperate? How desperate are you? Okay. Now just review your ticks and crosses globally. Amen. How's it going? This is not to judge anyone, please. Listen carefully. Also, oh, by the way, let me let me say this each stage has got good characteristics and negative characteristics. But the good in each stage has got to be carried on right to UEOS, the UEOS position. What I'm more concerned about is the negativity associated with each stage that has got to be deliberately set aside so that you can go on to to higher things. Okay, so brethren, are you nepios? <laughs> are you still in nappies? Because if you are still, the Bible says, you differ no more than a slave. The demand is to mature, the encouragement is let us out of desperation go on to a higher a higher order. You see, do you think this exercise is important that we're doing now? You see, we've done the whole series, lengthy series. In fact, this was the most blessed for me personally, the most challenging. Keith Padiachi asked me on at the DOA on Wednesday morning, he said, he's the leader of Sun Center with Thomas going to be moving soon, he said, what was the most, uh, I've got word use, something the most challenging series you've ever done with the church? I said, well it's the current one, certainly the current one. It tells me exactly where I am, and I'm totally dissatisfied with my sonship. And I put, you know after Friday's meeting, I went home, and the first statement I put on Facebook, uh, there's a group of people that wait for my posts, about 2,500 of them. And whenever I'm silent on Facebook, if I'm traveling or somewhere, I don't have time to post, I get a whole lot of inbox messages, what's happening, where are you? You know, is God not speaking anymore? (laughs) And so sometimes I feel like a responsibility to, to put things out, simply to encourage my virtual friends. You know Facebook, you've got virtual friends, people you've never met before, but they say we're friends. Like <laughs> some valid associations. And when I, when I got home. I, I went home um, dissatisfied with my level of sonship. I said, God, I need this UOS. I've got to have it. Right? And I wrote on Facebook, my desperate cry is for mature sonship. And may that be your cry also. May that be your cry. Amen. Let's look at Piedon. Remember Piedon, the son is now starting to grow out of infancy. And he's starting to get intimate knowledge with his father. Okay, number one. Listen carefully. He knows the nature and the character of father beyond what God can do for you. Do you know him as father in nature and character? Or you still only relate to him based upon the fact that he's supplying your needs? So do you know him beyond what he can do for you? Do you, do you really, how many of us, just quickly, yes or no, amen or not, or now, whatever, how many of you know the nature of the Father and you really love and appreciate him way beyond what he can do for you? Do you just see him as your suppliers and take care of me, protect my family, right? So, so you can judge yourself, that's what I mean by that. Number two, are you growing in intimacy with the Father? That's easy. The key word is intimacy. Are you growing in intimacy? Number three, are you trusting and dependent upon the Father and thus obedient to his instructions? Remember the Paidon son in Greek, Jewish culture rather, was two to ten years old, Not so. So this son is now, he doesn't see daddy, he's not like you know the child okay, like like Zoe, all Zoe, No, I mean I'm sure she loves her parents. But right now, she only sees her parents as, you give me food to eat. You change me when I'm wet. All I need to do is, wah! And I got everybody's attention. And my needs are supplies. But from 2 to 10 in that phase, they start to relate to the parents beyond what the parents can do. They now start to appreciate and value the relationship. Now, is that happening with you and Abba, our Papa? Right? That's where we want to get to. 3. Are you trusting and dependent on Father? That's what we did. Eh? Do you obey all of His instructions? Right? Four, do you know and are convinced of your blessed status in Christ? Jesus took the pie and put them up on His lap, and He blessed them, remember? Are you blessed? Do you know that you're blessed? right? Yes or no? Number five, are you authentically humble, devoid of pride? Now, this is a serious one. I don't know how to frame this, to phrase it, right? Because some people might say, yes I am humble. Listen, no, you're full of pride because you recognize yourself as humble. I'm saying, no, no, listen carefully. That's how I use the word, just be genuine, be authentic. Are you a- In your authentic, honest estimation, is there pride in you or do you regard yourself, yes I know I'm humble. And to say that I know I'm humble is not an expression of pride, but just an honest, authentic recognition. No, I think I'm humble. Let's say I think. Okay, I think. Because now people say, oh, look at are full of pride because they know they're humble. Point six. Does not hold to own opinions and views when biblical perspective is presented. So let's say you have an opinion about a matter and yeah, your father presents a biblical or spirit view of the same thing. Are you willing to put aside your opinion to take the biblical view? That's part of humility. Seven. Do you have practical evidence of entrance into kingdom life? Are you part of the kingdom? Okay, one simple example, righteousness, peace and joy are the kingdom, right? Are those things present in your life, right? Are you righteous practically? Are you full of joy or is unhappiness the feature of your life? And are you full of peace or is uh, lack of peace etc. Many other yardsticks, I'm just using one. The the next few are easy, I'm going to go fast are you growing in spiritual strength remember the next few is based on the verse in luke 2 40 it says and the child the paedon jesus did what grew in stature in wisdom and the grace of god right so are you growing in spiritual strength yes or no i'm gonna go fast secondly are you growing in wisdom number nine is there definite improvement to the way you think about perplexing things because you're now judging things by the wisdom of god right? an intelligence that's not normal Number 10, are you definitely growing in grace? Are you growing in the grace of God? Yes or no? Number 11, are you willingly subjecting your life to a spiritual father who will place it in proper order and arrangement? What's the Greek word there? Jesus' was, life was put in proper order by Mary and Joseph, so I'm asking you as a paedon, Are you submitted to a spiritual father that can put your life in proper biblical order and arrangement through the release of principles from God's Word. Yes or no? Keywords there are practical. eh? What number are we on? 12. Do you have great spiritual potential and giftedness, yet childish in your thinking, in terms of how these are practically expressed, right? G- uh, this is based on the verse in First Corinthians fourteen twenty. I think it says where, where Peter, where Paul said, uh, "In your thinking, be mature. Right? In evil, be python And he's saying, in in, the, in context, it was referenced in terms of how to use the gift of tongues and prophecy. And he's talking about tongues and prophecy, and smack bang, he talks, okay, you're doing your giftedness, but in your thinking. Don't be infantile, right? Secondly, tell you, uh, number 13. Easily, Do you easily revert back to childish thinking and behavior and possible abandonment of calling and ministerial function? So do you abandon what you are called to? Because you, you start to think like it, uh, childishly, especially in seasons when it seems as though God has forsaken you or when you fail to comprehend the season you are in. And how Christ is manifesting himself to you. Who remembers this incident? What incident am I quoting here? As I am mouthful there. John 21, when the disciples went back fishing, what did Jesus say to two men that walked with him for three years? Hey, paedon, children. What was the, th- the point is, they went back to something, they abandoned ministerial function because of a failure to understand how he was coming to them in that season. Okay, now the questions. Answer them quickly. Are you committed to putting away negative characteristic of paedonic sonship? All the negatives. Just yes or no. Can I get your... Just don't answer me. Write it there. I'm just asking for your response. Are you committed to putting away... Paul says, I put away the childish things. Right? Are you practically submitted to spiritual fathering in an active and a consistent manner? This keeps occurring. I did this deliberately because this is the key to every single face and lastly are you serious again about accessing the fullness of your inheritance before you go on ask your neighbor exactly how serious are you you know for me it's like when i, when I lay in bed at night and i read i'm now reading the scriptures and i'm praying silently to the lord i said lord show me something here that's going to access accelerate my maturity in christ Okay, technon. Technon is easy. I'm going to fly through this. Because technon, most of it's good. <laughs> right? Listen carefully. Are you fully conscious that your sins have been forgiven? You've got no guilt and no condemnation. Even your current sins, never mind the sins that you repented of to become a child. Your mess up last month or last year. Are you convinced that you, God has totally forgiven you? You've got no guilt. There's not an ounce of condemnation within you. Right? Secondly, Do you have a legitimate and valid relationship with your father? Were they that receive him to them he gave the power, authority to be called the technon of God, sons of God. Number three, are you starting to live a life overcoming of sin? Are you overcoming the sin that tripped you up last year, last week, yesterday? Are you overcoming it? Are you saying that, hey this thing messed me up last time but now it's presenting itself to me again, I can see I'm overcoming. I know I'm growing. Yes or no? Number four. Are you flourishing? This is key. In your love towards others. Keyword here is not just loving. What's the key word there? Flourishing. Everyone say flourishing. <laughs> it means like profuse, overgrown, flourishing love. Love is, you baptize in this thing. Fourthly, A time to embrace the birthright of the father and find your place in his spiritual lineage and heritage. Child begins his father's business at this stage. I'm asking you here, are you sure and are you convinced that you have the business of your father? Jesus was 12 years, Technon, when he said what? I must be about my father's business. That's the, the scriptural basis for this. This child receives transgenerational promises and he crawls on the altar to die to self-fulfillment. That's a hectic one. In other words, I'm simply asking you, if, let me make this practical, if you link to me as your spiritual father, you link to the purpose of God, God gave me, are you prepared to die to your own ambition and crawl on the altar of sacrifice and die to self-fulfillment and to take up the call of another? Yes or no? Jesus said, I'm not yet to do my own thing, I must be about my Father's business. Then, what number are we on? Six. Continues to submit his own ambition. Same thing. And will in subjection to a spiritual father, who through instruction of the word, matures the nature of Christ within him. Are you prepared to do that? Seven. Now, the next four are key. Same like, uh, paid on except, Now it says, this is Luke 2.52, and the child grew on, and he grew in stature, wisdom, favor with God and men. And after he made the decision to subject himself to Mary and Joseph, this is now, so are you, I'm going to ask, I'm going to go quickly, growing increasingly and continuously in spiritual stature? Number eight, are you growing increasingly and continuously in wisdom? Number nine, are you growing increasingly and continuously in grace and in favor with God? Number ten, should, there's a mistake there, should be, are you growing continuously in grace and favor with men? Just change that, with men on the earth. Are you finding that people are favoring you? Right? Or wherever you go, you're just enemy, 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 enemy. Right? Something's wrong if that's the case. I know you always will have them, but not everywhere you know at least some have grace bestowers upon you people that favor you number 11 he walks closely in the doctrine and in the ways of his spiritual father there's a serious one eh? think twice before you answer are you walking closely in my teaching and in the ways of your father you can find spiritual basis for all of these just check the notes in other words are you walking closely with me yes or no following my ways following my teachings number 12 do you have a sense of endearment and deep love relationship with your spiritual father you endeared to him like Ruth said to Naomi I will never leave you and love relationship will you die I die there I'll be buried etc number 13 are you working in active support of your spiritual father in the Lord keyword is active support not passive you're there you respond to every request he makes you know what's the biblical we remember the scripture for this this is the scripture where we said paul said about timothy as a son serving his father in the lord remember so the technon, the word technon is used there like a technon serves god by serving his father tell your neighbor serve your father in the lord and this facet must really grow in the house. Serve the purpose of God. Then, 14, lives in the hope and the desire of the facets of his spiritual inheritance and reception of all the promises of his father. This simply means if you're Technon and you, remember I did this. Remember this, right? Yeah, yeah, you got Nepios, well, Nothos, Nepios, Paedon, Teknon, what comes after Technon? then is right in the smack bang middle of of everything so it's like leaving one and reaching out this says the techno is reaching he knows there are promises there's an inheritance I've got to reach out for I'm asking you is that process in you active is a cry there is that reach there is that longing there in you for something greater Last one, conscious of the fact that you are co-heir with Christ and you cannot be joined to any element of bondage. In other words, anything that brings you into bondage, that enslaves you, it might be sin or whatever, that limits you, you realize, I cannot go there. Why? My refusal to be in bondage is born out of the fact that I'm co-heirs with the Lord himself, so I cannot be co-joined to anything that's going to hold me back right cannot be co-joined to anything that's going to hold me back okay here's the last three questions for Technon are you committed to putting away any expression or behavior depictive of bondage or enslavement how serious are you yes or no then are you practically submitted to spiritual fathering in an active and a consistent manner then are you serious about accessing the fullness of your inheritance in God? I want to ask you again to ask your neighbor, how serious are you? Okay, we have two more to go then we're done. We'll finish the service form earlier than usual, so please bear with us. This is a very serious exercise that we need to do. Now ask you, please let's do it seriously. Let's look at the cost, son. You know, I really like this level of sonship. I don't think we've, we've, we've given it proper treatment in our study here. Yeah? Uh, it was brief, it was short. But it's really, you know, it's that, it's that movement from Technon to Ueos. It's that link. So what are the things that you need to do to jump to that Ueos state? Listen carefully. Number one, a robust. I love this word. Eh? It's becoming my favorite word now. A Robust. If you ever refer to me, call me Robust Randolph. Right? Robust. Right? You like a robust person? Right? Not robot. Don't say robot Randolph. Robust. Right? Robust, vigorous, consistent spiritual strength. How is that? Who would like to be a person like that? Robust, vigorous, consistent spiritual strength. That's what I want to be. Tell your neighbor, that's me right there. Secondly, the word of God is alive and sharp, and the word dwelling in him in an abiding and consistent way. Who remembers the word, the verse here? John says, I write to you young men. Why? It says, because the word of God abides in you. Right? So, how is your devotion to the word? Is there an abiding word within you? Remember, I want to remind you church, this is the link to your Uweos position. And let me just say this again, I want to encourage you, you neglect your word, Uweos will only be a concept for you, it will never be an experience. Third, well you've got number five there, demonstrates a capacity to overcome the world and the enemy. I write unto you young men, because the word of God abides in you. John says, and you have overcome the enemy. The wicked one. Amen? The world and the enemy. Next one, keen vision for the Spirit has been poured out on him and flows through him. Remember, your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions. The youth, the young men, the Nianis cause have the capacity of sight, right? Because the Spirit has been poured out. So here we are talking about spiritual sight and perception becoming more acute. You begin to see things in the spirit and know things in the spirit and you know that sight is becoming sharper and sharper in you progressively day by day. Next point, ready to claim victory over the largest obstacles maturing in his, to maturing in his life. Who remembers the verse here? He's ready to claim the victory. Who remembers the context for this principle? The context for this principle was when Jesus asked the young ruler, right? Remember? What was the question again? The question was asked, the young, the United States asked Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What did Jesus say? What does the commandment say? He said, well do this, this, he quoted six, remember? Six commandments. Jesus said, no problem, sell all you have, give it all up, give to the money to the poor, come and follow me. Oh, and remember of all the commandments listed, Jesus deliberately left out one which was, thou shalt not covet. So covetousness was this young man's problem, greed and wealth. So Jesus hit the nail on the head says, are you willing to give up the biggest obstacle in your life, which is your wealth right now? Lay down everything, come and follow me. So the point in this is, if you say that you are near cause what you have demonstrated, you are willing to give up the greatest obstacle to you, whatever, it might not be money, whatever it might be to you, to lay it down in order to follow Christ. It might be your anger, it might be your murmur, it might be your wealth, it might be your job, it might be your husband, it might be whatever your Isaac is, are you willing to sacrifice it for him? Okay, can be anything here. Next one, serves valid apostolic ministry practically and spiritually. Serves, everyone say apostolic ministry. So the apostles question: Do you, do we have apostles in our city? Okay, and the persons I think some, there are many, but the ones we know are like Apostle Thamunaidu, uh, with Saint, and obviously Apostle Segi, uh, Governor, and there are many others. But those two, in our context, are the ones that we relate to on a close level. There are some internationals like Sam Sullen, uh, Joseph Matera, etc., etc. So the, the the young man serves apostolic ministry in a practical way. Remember, who remembers the, the, the verse for this? Ananias and Sapphira die. Who buried them? Yeah. The Bible says, young men came and took the corpses out of the house. So the Nianis son, this principle was, you are this kind of son where you remove any death principle in the house. You perceive it, you see, things die when we preach. So your job is you remove anything decaying or smelling or rotting out of the house by your engagement with people. That's the caliber of son. That's what I mean when you say you serve, the apostles bring correction and your job is you support them actively by expunging that which is the residue of death and decay. Do you need to work on that or is that a strength in your life? You know. Okay, questions. Are you committed to growing in strength in God's word, overcoming the enemy and putting away worldliness and that one single obstacle preventing your growth in Christ? Hmm? Yes or no? You you decide. Who would like God to moderate your your piece of paper? (laughs) Just ask. Question are you practically submitted to a spiritual father in an active consistent manner lastly are you serious about accessing the fullness of your inheritance in christ ask the person behind you this time okay now don't everyone turn back how serious are you how serious are you okay our last one we'll take 10 minutes and we'll we'll be done this is the level that we all want, Ueos. Everyone say, Ueos. Yes. This word is spelled differently, eh? in, some, in some, it's spelled weos, that's U-H-I-O-S, weos, or Ueos, right? Ueos can be pronounced weos, Ueos. I want to encourage you, brethren, that is the standard that we, we want. OK, we've got 16 points. Let's run through them, 10 minutes, quickly. Ah before I start, tell your neighbor this is what I want. This is what I want. I want this. I cry for this daily. This is what I want. UIOS. Right? The UIOS son, he has demonstrated consistent submission and obedience to his spiritual father. Demonstrated, the key word is consistent. You always do what I say. You always obey what I say. Number two, I'll be honest with you, I need to work on that in reference to Apostle Damo myself. I don't think I'm completely there yet. but something I'm actively consciously striving for. Number two, he knows internally that he's mature son because he has a witness from his heavenly father within. In other words, all I'm asking you, remember Jesus at, at the Jordan? The heavens open and what did the father say you are? My, Julius, my son, in whom I am well pleased. Have you ever heard in your spirit the Father say that to you? Have you ever witnessed in you that you are the mature son? That's all I'm asking. Because only God can tell you you're mature, nobody else. Number three, although relating to a spiritual father, he's the son of God, His father. Okay, you might love me, respect me, and I, yes, that's all good. But more than that, I'm asking you, do you know him, the Father? Right? Oh, you, you are in that respect. And you, you might falter or you might fail on some points here. So just be honest and know the points where you need to work on. Number three, four, the son has an intensely intimate relationship with God as his father and he's convinced he will always take care of him. He will always take care of you. Take thought, What? remember the verse here, Matthew 6, take no thought for your life what you shall, eat, drink, wear, What your father, your father knows, You have need of these things. Number five, he is not offended by the discipline of his father, but receives it as a son who is loved and so matures, producing evidence of the fruits of righteousness in his life. So when I correct you, do you take offense? Or do you see the correction as an expression of love designed to mature you into fruits of righteousness? Number six, embraces suffering or life experiences as an essential part of his fashioning as a mature son who has learned and become a standard of obedience. Who remembers the verse here? Hebrews 6 Son though he was, he learned what? Obedience by the things he suffered. I'm asking you, if you are this UEOS, do you embrace suffering as a necessary part of your life to teach you a higher standard of obedience? Next time you suffer, you know what you must ask yourself? What standard of obedience is God calling to me now? That's all you must say. God is not not liking you. That's why He's submitting you to that trial. He doesn't hate you. He loves you so much. He wants you to come up higher to a greater standard of obedience. Then, what number are we on? Led by the Holy Spirit, primarily through the Word. Led, are you led by the Spirit, but through His Word? For, the, for they that are the sons, those who are being led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. Romans 8. Right? Okay, look, look up at me. Let me ask you a question. Are you led by the Spirit? Don't answer me. You know, Are you led by the Spirit? Now I'm asking you. Your leading by the Spirit will be in accordance with the Word. He leads by the Word. But now secondly, there's a second way He leads. This is the next point led by the spirit also through being sensitive to the spirit's voice through sorry that should be through through thoughts and impressions if though now it's not about your leading from the word that's 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 a primary way he leads but sometimes the spirit will say say this to that person remember isaiah 50 we read 5 54 it go again the lord god has given me the tongue of the learned, that I might know how to speak a word to him that is weary, when? Morning, by morning, he awakens my ear to listen as the disciple, and I was not I didn't turn back, neither was I disobedient. Well, I'm asking you, uh, in simple life experiences, the Spirit says to you, give that person a lift, will you obey? Or give the car God the 100 Rand, not the 20 cents. Uh, Tough one. I'm talking about little things where you feel, hey, God is leading me are you struggle. Have you overcome that dynamic to prove that you are? You will. Okay, then his deeds and speech are reflective of his Father. Remember John 5, Jesus said, I do nothing unless I see my Father do, I say nothing. So are your deeds and your speaking reflective of of, of your hearing God and seeing what he's doing? 10. He overcomes sin, the flesh, self, Etc. Demonstrating maturity and his nature as a son of his father. Right? He overcome things that easily got you down in the nepio stage. But now you can I mean remember Jesus in the, in the wilderness temptation? How Satan tempted him in three areas? In one go was was, a, And remember each temptation starts. If you are the son do this. If you are the son. If you are the son. The son demonstrates he can overcome what the enemy throws at him. Right? And then, angels came and ministered to him. 11. The next few points are all those descriptive terms. Jesus is a son of the Most High. When are you a son of the Most High? We said, when you excel in peace, love and forgiveness. When you can forgive, God says, you are son, not of God, not of righteousness, not a Son of the Kingdom. You are son of the Most High. And then, I was actually commending Daphne. Daphne, Anthony wrote that song we sang, um, "I'm a son," and you know she wrote the song when the revelation of much of this wasn't coming out the way it was now. So we, 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 I love that chorus. We said, "I'm a son of. I know who I am. I'm a what the, what's the part about the kingdom? I live in obedience. I'm a son of God, etc. What's the part about the about the kingdom? I know who I am. I am a son, a son of the." kingdom of God. I'm not just the son of Randolph. I'm not a son of the house. I'm not even a son of God. But the Bible describes the son. The son is a son of the. So he's a broader kingdom mentality. Brilliant. He is a son of the kingdom because he's committed to broader kingdom issues beyond his local household of faith. Okay, the last few. He's a son of the day and a son of light because he's filled with revelation and Illumination. Let me ask you this, brethren: Is your revelatory capacity growing when you study the Word? Can you now see things you could never before see? Is the light coming on? Right? That's the Son of the Day, Son of the Light. Then is the Son of the Resurrection. We discussed this fully on Friday. I will not have time to lay it out. Is the Son of the Resurrection? Uh, that simply means whose words are filled with spirit and life. Thus gives life to whomever he wishes. This is the river flowing into the sea. He alters states. He gives life with his death. He's got life in him. Then, activates his firstborn status, privilege and function by conformity to the image of Christ, the firstborn son within him. That verse is based on the the preeminent firstborn verse. Which is the most important firstborn verse that we've done? Which is the main verse? We always start started the series of Romans 8, verses 28 and 29. Who can quote the verse first? Well, now we know that all things work together for good to those that love God, to those that are called according to His purpose. Verse 29 says, For those He foreknew, He also predestined. That they might conform to what? Conform to the image of? His Ueos, his son. So you must be conformed to the Ueos. Then it says that he might be what? He might be the firstborn son in many brethren. All this point is saying is, read it again with that verse in mind. Read it, it says, He activates his firstborn status, privilege and function, by conforming to the image of Christ, the firstborn son within him. So the firstborn son is within you, so listen carefully, you're not going to activate firstborn status, privilege and function unless he the firstborn son, euios. so how does he in his firstborn state want to be formed in you? he wants to be formed in you as the euios. christ is not satisfied that he be a nepios in you. he says i want to be the fully mature son in you and if you get there, Then he says, there's nothing now stopping you from privilege, function, and status as my firstborn. Can you see how serious this is? Very serious. Now, on. he represents his father accurately. Well, you know, whether you do or not. Represents his father accurately. Questions. Are you committed to putting away childishness, frivolity, and immaturity? Are you practically submitted to spiritual fathering in an active, consistent manner? Are you, are you serious about accessing the fullness of your inheritance in Christ or in God? Now ask the other person, how exactly serious are you about these things? Put your notes away, lift up your hands. Just put your Bibles, just pack away your stuff around you. Let's just pray. Let's lift up our hands to you. Father, we come again in your name. We've done this assessment, Lord, from your word, and we see areas within us that need address. We lift up our hands to indicate our surrender to you. For those you foreknew you also predestined that we might be conformed to the image of your son your ueos that you would become firstborn in us we reach out for this we know that we have it and the Son is simply waiting to be revealed in us here we are god we want to steward our firstborn function we want to handle the inheritance help us to be desperate to be ultra serious about overcoming every negative trait attendant with each stage. We love you with all of our hearts. And we have a a dissatisfaction within us in terms of where we see ourselves as being. But Father, I ask in your name, may we grow to the next level. May you push us. May we cry for the next level. May this become an overwhelming, uh, predominant cry within us. We want more. We want to know you. You are Abba. We want to be conformed, not to the standards of this world. Your word says, be not conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Father, we don't want to be conformed to this world, but our conformity is to your image. Is that we, to which we want to be conformed. And so we cry after it, Father. So we ask, even as we've done this review, we ask, help us to work on and overcome the areas where we need to change. For we ask this in your name. Amen and amen.